1: You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money. I'm Matt Gorin. I'm here with Michael Thomas. and We're in the financial planning program at the yes, University yes, of Georgia. Yes, 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 And today we're talking about credit. Yeah, let's do it. So what is credit? Well, here is the short and sweet. Credit is having the ability to acquire something before actually having to pay for it. Okay. So to say it another way, sometimes people need to borrow money. For example, to buy a house or a car. And your credit score is an indicator of your ability to borrow money and pay it back. Okay, so all done with this week's episode. I uh, no! Uh, but before we move forward, <laughs> I really have to get something off of my chest. Oh, boy. All right, may I? Yes, please. Great. Your credit is a reflection of where you are, not who you are. What does that even mean? Your credit or credit score does not define you as a person. Ah, very philosophic. You're saying we mistake credit for character. Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. But someone's credit is dependent on their ability to borrow and pay it back. Yes. And that sounds like a character issue to me. Agreed, but what about instances where it isn't? What do you mean? Before I answer your question, all right, I know I'm kind of slowing this thing up. Uh, can I ask you a question? Yeah, okay. Yes, go ahead, Dodge the question. Sure. No, shut up. Seriously. Yeah, okay. And ask the question. All right. What are the top three situations that lead to bankruptcy? Oh, okay. That's a good one. Let me think here. The clock is ticking. Um, I'll go with the losing your job. Okay. That's a good one. Out uh, of control spending. Nope. No. No. The top three scenarios are job loss divorce, and medical expenses. So those are all things that might be totally outside someone's control. In many instances, they are. So where do we get this idea that people with bad credit just have bad spending habits? Well, for some people, this may be the case. However, we can't characterize, there goes that word again. Get it? character. Yeah, Yeah, I get it. All right, all right. (laughs) Maybe not the funniest thing in the world, but we can't automatically assume the worst of people who are enduring financial hardship, there are people, probably some of our listeners, who are doing the very best they can, but may be taking on a lot of debt to make ends meet. People may go into big debt because they have to, not because they're irresponsible or don't care. Exactly. And there are people who get misinformation from Facebook or somewhere promising that their credit can be repaired in 24 hours. Ah, fake news. Yes, fake news. Hashtag alternative facts. <laughs> I see these ads every now and then. i always to game your credit score, like uh, cut up all your credit cards. And there's a picture of some wild-eyed white lady with giant scissors. <laughs> snip, 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 snip. That is precisely what I'm getting at. There is so much more to credit worthiness than just the score. But it's important that we understand the process. Right. And some of these tricks may may raise your score temporarily, but it's actually a lifetime of good habits that help people maintain good credit. Agreed. But you know what I'm wondering? What? Do our students at UGA know this stuff? That's a good question, and one I wanted to answer for this episode. Oh, awesome. Did you run a scientific study or something? What? No. (laughs) I had our creative consultant, Sam Stevens, go out and bother people while they're eating lunch. And here's a bit from one interview.
2: So on this episode, we're talking about credit and debt. Um, so what do y'all think about credit cards? Do you think they're a good or a bad thing?
0: Um,
2: I don't have one, so I'm just going to yeah. let him. Like, <laughs> None of my friends
1: have credit cards, but I have, like, four. Okay. And honestly, I probably wouldn't be doing as well as I was without them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, I don't always have enough cash to get the stuff I need, but you know, if I have a credit card, you know, I can buy it today and pay it back later. You know what I'm saying? So. It helps a lot. All right, this was a pretty consistent pattern. Some people had basically no experience, but many students took a real nuanced view of credit card usage.
2: So overall, uh, do you think that credit cards are a good or a bad thing? Uh, I don't think they're a bad thing if you're responsible with them. Why do you feel that way? Uh, I just like, my dad's a financial advisor, so he's kind of drilled this into my head, but I think
1: a lot of people get in trouble with credit cards sometimes, with just like spending money they don't have.
2: For sure. Overall, do you think that credit cards are a good or bad thing? I mean, they're a good thing if they're used correctly. People need to understand what credit cards are and what they're setting themselves up for when they buy a credit card, when they get a credit card. Yeah. A lot of credit card companies try to like fish out college students because mm. they don't understand the purpose of a credit line. but the math works out is that you pay interest then you're losing money so it's better to stay out of credit but for some things you do need credit line like buying a car yep. and stuff like that so you can actually like improve your credit score I guess but it's it's not a good or bad thing but it's a mix.
1: Wow that's impressive. I know I think some of these kids are taking my class. Shameless
2: plug. No
1: seriously <laughs> listen to this.
2: So I think it's good for anyone just to take something like FHCE 32 Honda or something because that teaches you things like personal budgeting and how to handle debt and so i would suggest people take that course teaches you a lot nice
1: there you go if you're a uga student check out fhce 3200 intro to personal finance all right you got me curious here what else did sam hear on these interviews i just asked my mom a lot of questions because i mean no shade at her, but you know she doesn't have the best credit or whatnot. So I just told her what did she learn because if anybody knows what not to do, she would know how how not to do it. And you know she told me all the right things to do because of all the experience she had.
2: I use credit cards, um, and I just make sure to pay it off every month, and you build up good credit score. And it's e- I think it's easier to fall into debt with credit cards, but if you're responsible with it, then they can be really helpful in the long run. I think they're a little bit more secure than debit
1: cards. That's solid advice. Our students know a lot about credit scores, and I'm guessing it's because our country is obsessed with them. But how, how's that? All right, so it's okay for a landlord to use credit scores when picking up a renter. Employers can use credit scores to determine whether to hire you. Okay. Well, okay. But those are kind of like business deals. Shouldn't, shouldn't that be okay? Like, dude, some people even use credit scores for dating. What? What? (laughs) Why would anyone do that? That's what I'm saying. We use credit scores for everything. (laughs) Creditscoredating.com. It's real. Although we have no idea how many people actually use it. (laughs) Hopefully none. Oh, oh, hey, Mr. (laughs) Judgy Pants. Dating's actually a pretty good metaphor for how lenders evaluate borrowers. All right, okay, I think I see where you're going with this. Yeah, hosting a fake dating show. Great. Welcome, everyone, to the Credit Score Dating Game. We're proud to welcome our contestants, Nothing Funny About Money, executive producer Chris Shoup, and creative consultant Jeff Robert. How are you guys doing today? Great.
2: Yeah, Doing pretty good.
1: Thanks for having us. And and that makes me... The beautiful contestant. All right. I prefer dapper, but go ahead. Here's how this is going to work. Michael's trying to decide whether Chris and Jeff are worthy. In other words, whether he thinks he should lend them money. And to that end, he's going to ask Chris and Jeff a series of questions. And then he's going to pick someone to lend the money to. Is everybody clear in the rules? Yep. Yep. Yeah, definitely. All right. So... I'm ready to lend some money. So we're going to start with contestant one. Uh, what do you plan on doing with this money?
0: Well, I'm going to fund a vacation. wanted to get a group of guys together, you know, going to Vegas with the boys. So, yeah, you know, cash is a little tight lately. So a loan would be super helpful. All right. So uh, you mentioned that cash was a little tight. So have you taken out a
1: loan before? Kind of what's your process?
0: Yeah, I usually just get credit cards. You know, my strategy has been to Juggle a few of these at once, you know, try to max out the card. And then you get a new letter in the mail that offers you a new card. And so as long as you stay one card ahead of the curve, you keep getting the new cards with a higher credit limit. So, you know, you're okay.
1: All right. So I'm, I'm curious, how many cards do you have?
0: Uh, let's see. Uh, 18, I think. Yeah, you, you should see the rewards points I get on these bad boys. All right. Do you, do you know what your credit score is? Yeah, it's like 720 or something like that. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I've been doing this for years, never missed a payment. Plus, my credit limit is through the roof. All right. So if you sum
1: up your philosophy about borrowing money in one sentence or two, what would it be? YOLO. All right. You only live once. Okay. All right.
0: Uh, Do you have any intention of paying any of this money back? Well, you just make the minimum payment. So, you know, as long as you do that, it's someone else's money. You, you don't need to pay it off.
1: All right. So how long are you planning on doing that?
0: Well, eventually I'll die and then that'll be the end of it.
1: All right. Well, thank you, contestant number one. No, thank you. Contestant number two, if I were to loan you the money, what would you use it for?
2: Well, I'm going to finish out my last semester at college here. So... I'm going to use this loan alongside with my student loans and the credit card that I have just to meet my living expenses. All right. So what's your major? I'm an engineer. Engineer.
1: Good stuff. And uh, do you currently have a job lined up or what are your job prospects?
2: Yes, I do. Actually, um, really good job prospects. I went through the last couple of weeks and I already lined something up. Yeah, this is great. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. It's going to pay pretty well. Um, I haven't really gone through all the paperwork, but I think Um, Right now I'm just focusing on school. It's my first job, so I'm really excited though. All right, sounds good. So are you currently keeping some type of
1: spending plan to manage all of this?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I I budget out every semester. I kind of really have to. Uh, The loans get you so far, but you have to use your credit card for those monthly expenses. It's just stuff you got to pay for. Um, And then I pay it off every month. That's just what I do. It's me. Okay, and uh, just to estimate, how long will it take you to pay your debts once you've started working? I'm not really sure. Like, this is, again, my first job, so I don't really know. The credit card, that's immediate. Always immediate. Um, But the student loans, it may be two, three years, hopefully. Okay, that's not bad. Uh, What's your current credit limit? Uh, Right now, it's low. It's only $500 because of, it's just one. It's a student credit card. All right, so you only have one card? Only one. Yep. Should I have another? All right, no, no. Your ability to manage all that you're managing is pretty impressive. Uh, What's your credit score? Well... When I got the first card, I, I kind of hate saying this, but I don't really know when the payment was due, so I kind of missed the first one. So my score is actually not its not really great. It's like, I don't know, 520, something like that. Okay,
1: okay. Well, uh, I think that's all I need to know. Thank you for your responses. So, Mike, do you know who you're going to lend the money to? Man, this is tough. But I, I think I've made my decision. And the winner is... Jeff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lend the money to Jeff. Yeah? Let's do this. Yes, let's do this. Oh, thank you. Congratulations, Jeff. Mike, what made you decide to go with him? I felt like Jeff was going to use the money responsibly, and more importantly, pay me back. Well, sure. wait a minute. He's got a terrible credit score. Isn't that what this episode's all about? Credit scores? Right, but the score is about where you are, not who you are. Hey, wait, help me understand this. Before we're talking about how a credit score is not a reflection of who you are as a person generally, and I, I get that, but isn't it still a good reflection of who you are financially? Well, not necessarily. Uh, not necessarily? Aren't credit scores supposed to be the single number, the be all end all? Well, there isn't just one credit score. Wait, what? How many credit scores are there? Thousands. Thousands? <laughs> Yes, thousands. Each score is created using a formula, algorithm, mysticism, magic, whatever you want to call it. And uh, every company tweaks the formula a bit to have a more useful score. Uh, Okay, so there may be thousands of variations there, but at least the one most of us are familiar with is the FICO score. Yes, and even with the FICO score, there are 60 different credit scores. What? What? As if this isn't confusing enough already. All right, yeah. Depending on how different factors are weighted, two scores from the same company can be different. In fact, TransUnion and Equifax were sued by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau for showing one set of scores to consumers while knowing lenders are using a completely different set of scores. Holy moly. So yeah. we've got a 1,000 different scores, and some are somehow Better than others? Like, maybe one score looks at your income and the other doesn't? Well, no, hang on. Uh, Credit scores usually don't look at income at all. What? I know. They usually don't look at net worth or whether you've got a job either. Ah, so this helps explain why you picked Jeff in the dating game. Sure, his score was lower, but he had so many other things going on that made him look like a better candidate for a loan. Exactly. Well, what do our listeners need to know? Well, first, don't focus on your score too much. If you need to know your score, get it for free at places like Credit Karma, Quizzle, or Credit Sesame. A lot of credit card companies are offering scores as well. And with all those different scores floating around, should people expect really big differences from one score to the next? Actually, no. Your scores all should fall within a range of, say, 30 points of each other. And what if the difference is greater than 30 points? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, This might suggest that you need to check your credit report for errors. And to do that, you can go to annualcreditreport.com and get free copies of your credit report. And if there is an error? Well, each of the credit reporting bureaus have step-by-step directions on how to dispute errors. And in fact, you can dispute discrepancies online. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, you can do all this stuff for free, so don't pay for it. Uh, TransUnion and Equifax were also accused of claiming their credit scores were free, but were instead enrolling unsuspecting customers into a subscription-based program. All right, time for a break. Yes, and uh, on the second half of this episode, we got some practical tips on how to improve your credit. And here's a teaser. You can make a few thousand dollars while raising your credit score. See you soon. You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money on Georgia Public Broadcasting. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. Visit us on campus at the Aspire Clinic. Or online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. Look at me! Heads up, eyes on me. The game's not over. There are no shortcuts. You can't fix your credit score in 24 hours. The Facebook link isn't real. Paying a lawyer to dispute every, every item on your credit port won't do it either. We have to take this one play at a time. It's supposed to be hard. You can do it. The whole team is dependent on you. So let's get out there, do the Heisman on those fees or high interest cards if you have to, and win the game. You can do it. Let's go. What has gotten into you, man? Just, just uh, let me calm down a little bit. <laughs> uh, just a little pumped up about these credit scores, man. <laughs> the vain thrive. <laughs> I got your energy right. going too. Yeah. Don't I? All right, no, okay. keep, it going. keep it let's going. Let's take a step back here. Let's, okay, to to know how to raise your score. It might help to know what goes into these formulas that we talked about before. Yeah, there are, there are, <laughs> there are five major components to the credit score number one pay your bills on time number two how much of your credit limit you've utilized number three credit history and uh, number four new credit and finally five is the types of credit that you have today we're going to focus on the first three because alone they make up eighty percent of most credit scores yeah i think it's safe to assume that most people understand the notion of paying your bills on time would you agree Yeah, I I do. And to think of it another way, how likely are you to lend someone money if they keep missing payments all the time? Not likely at all. Right. And lenders feel the same way. One of the best ways to ensure that you're paying your bills on time is to request that your payments fall on or immediately after the dates you get paid. You just have to make a phone call to get your payment date changed. Yeah, that's a great point. And while most people, I think, intuitively understand paying on time, I don't think most people understand credit utilization. Yeah, I'd agree that is a tricky one and uh, M- Mike, what are you doing? I'm pouring the water in the studio. Why not? Yeah okay, you're getting pretty close to the top of that cup, man I'm not I'm not gonna spill the water. I know I know what I'm doing. No, that cup is about to overflow. dude you, can... quit pouring water into it. Man, why are you so nervous chill Oh would you stop please? All right. I'll stop. Thank you.' about to give Chris a heart attack and me. Two. Two heart attacks. And that's exactly how the banks feel when consumers run up their credit card balances. Think of the cup as the credit limit and the water as how much of the limit someone is using. So if someone has a low credit limit, it's like they've got a small cup. And even a little bit of debt may make that cup overflow. Bingo. When I was pouring the water, you didn't get nervous when I filled the cup a little or even halfway You started to get nervous when I kept pouring as if I wasn't aware I was near the top of the cup. Well, yeah, and for good reason. You're less likely to make a mess if you're not filling the cup to the brim. Yeah, unfortunately, it's actually fairly easy to avoid this by raising your credit limits. For example, you may be able to just go out and get a new credit card that you don't even use. And if you can't get a new card, another option is to request higher credit limits from the cards you already own. Just call up your credit card company and ask. If you've got a good record with them, they're often happy to raise your limit immediately. And an even better idea would be to reduce how much money you're borrowing every month. Take a look at your budget and try to cut down on areas where you might be overspending. All right. The next item on our list is credit history. Yep. I think this one is self-explanatory. We build trustworthiness by showing that we can borrow and pay back our debts over time. Yeah, because credit history is important. We often recommend people use a credit card even if they could get by with a debit card use the credit card and build a credit history. And if you decide to stop using a card for some reason, don't cancel the card. Just let it remain in your credit history. Yeah, the one exception to that advice uh, might be if you've got a card that's charging you annual fees, right? Fees! fees. fees. Yeah, I, I to- <laughs> totally agree. That's called a callback. Uh, <laughs> we need t-shirts. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Alright, so yeah, so the, you know, cancel the card if it, it's got the fees. The gain you get from keeping a card around may be outweighed by the extra hundred bucks a year you're dropping on those fees. Yeah, and that's that's great advice. Okay, that's that's honestly pretty much it. Pay your bills on time, maintain a low credit utilization, or in the case of our example, only pour a little water into your cup and do those things consistently day after day, month after month, year after year. Like that's it? It's that easy? Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Well. Alright, one lesser factor in your score is new credit. And even though it's not as important, I bring it up because of how much confusion it causes for people. How's that? Well, there really isn't anything wrong with new credit. In fact, most people need to take on new credit cards and loans throughout their lives. Taking on a lot of new credit quickly could signal to lenders that you're in financial trouble... But even that negative mark goes away after about six months. Yeah, so don't focus on the score. Just focus on whether you really need the credit. Right, exactly. Focus on the process and not the score. I love that. And you know, sometimes people would benefit from opening a new card. Yeah, I totally agree. I open new credit cards about every six months to take advantage of these intro offers. Over the years, all these offers have added up to about $4,000 in free money. $4,000, $4,000, really? How is that possible? Yeah, well, first I go to sites like Magnify Money and Nerd Wallet to see what cards are available. And these sites are great because they allow you to choose and pick the cards that's going to be best for you rather than just limiting yourself to the cards that you hear about from solicitors. All right, so how do you choose one card over another? First, I'm looking for cards that have, on one hand, big intro offers like cash or airline miles, and on the other hand, pretty low requirements to get those offers. So, for example, I'd be pretty excited by a card that would pay me 500 bucks for spending $1,000 over the next three months. All right, okay. All right, you mentioned cash and airline miles. Are those the rewards these cards offer? What do what do the rewards look like? Yeah, usually it's just cash and airline tickets. Uh, some cards have stores you can buy just about anything, or there might be hotel room deals. Is it, you know, as many cards as there are, there might be that many deals. And I right. typically just stick with cash. So, so how does this work? What's the, what's the procedure? Okay, so after I pick the card, I apply for it. And that process can take as little as a minute. And once right. the card arrives in the mail... I'll just stop using one of my old cards and start using this new card. All right, so I just want to clarify this point. So you just fit the new card into your existing routine, right? Yeah, right, exactly. So that's the beauty of this. The only thing I'm changing is which card I'm swiping. I'm not going out and spending more money. I'm not buying things I wouldn't otherwise buy. It's just that now when I buy groceries or gas or whatever, I'm working towards that cash bonus. All right, so a few weeks or months go by. You spend enough money, right? And then the credit card company drops a few hundred bucks in my bank account, or they reduce the amount of money I owe them, or whatever. It depends on what kind of uh, you know card you've got. Maybe you're going to get an airline ticket or a hotel room or something. All right, so I'm I'm thinking here. What what is the downside to all of this? Okay, uh, so keep in mind the context. Like, why are credit cards doing all of this? So credit card companies make money primarily from two sources first as we all know they make money from collecting interest on debt but they actually make even more money from transaction fees they want people using their cards they can charge merchants like one to three percent on every purchase they attract people with a couple of hundred bucks and then end up making way more money than that from the fees they charge merchants exactly but there can be downsides and one that i try to avoid is annual fees in these cards Most cards these days don't come with the fees, but some do. And if for some reason I want an intro offer from a card that does have a fee, I'll eventually cancel that card rather than hanging on to it. All right, so I know our listeners want to know about this. What about the interest rates on these cards? Yeah, so I pay my balances off every month, so I've actually never paid any interest on any card. But for some people, that's not realistic. And unfortunately, some of the cards that I'm talking about can come with relatively high interest rates. So if you're having trouble paying off your balance every month, you're actually much better off ignoring all these rewards cards and going with cards that specialize in having low interest rates. All right. Now, for those of you who are going to look into this, the additional credit card, Are you going to use it responsibly or are you going to use it like free money? And I would guess that you already know the answer to this question. Please trust that inner voice. Excellent point. Opening new cards is not a license to go into debt. Only if you're spending your money responsibly should you add a new card to get money for nothing. All right. All of this sounds great. But what about people who can't get a reward card? Well, sure. So what's a good first-time card? Uh, No one will give me a credit card. What should I do? Uh, A secured card may be a good option. What's a secured card? What does that do? Well, basically, you put money down up to a certain amount, $200 to $500, and you get a credit limit up to that amount. So in essence, your credit card is secured by the amount you put down. So this sounds like a debit card, right? With a debit card, you link to a checking account, and you've got some money sitting in that account and then when you use the debit card, you pull money out to pay for things. Yeah, the, the difference is that with a secured account, the money is just sitting there in account with that lender. You're not spending your own money when making purchases. So unlike a debit card, this is truly a credit card where you're spending the lender's money, and that's helping you build up a credit score while you're paying. Yeah, uh, lenders tend to offer these cards to people with no credit history. And in case you don't pay back that $500 you borrowed... They can just use that $500 you gave them before to pay off your debt, and they're covered. So really, it's a win-win situation for both or both to the lender and the borrower. Right. The borrower gains access to a line of credit to build his or her credit score. Exactly. And the lender helps you establish healthy credit so that you can start using some of their other products as well, like rewards card or if you're interested in a home securing a home mortgage. You can find out more about these secured credit cards if you visit sites like NerdWallet or Magnify Money, yep. the same ones that we mentioned before. And if you want a more personal touch, you may also be able to get one of these cards from your local credit union. What about people who are in really deep trouble with debt? Some people are struggling with medical debt on top of student loans, on top of all credit cards, and all this piles up and they can't even make the minimum payments. All right, first and foremost, uh, that is a tough situation for anyone to be in, all right? I, I definitely. Uh, agree with that. But there are options, and typically that comes in the form of a debt management company. Now, the problem is that I don't trust some of these companies, and you may see some of these signs along the road, will repair your debt in 48 hours, and some of those other scams. Oh, if some of these aren't legitimate and others are, how can you tell who to trust? Oh, there's something called the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, and they actually have a list of organizations that are accredited through them that provide some assurance that the company you're working with is looking out for your best interest. All right, so let's summarize. Okay, make sure to make your payments on time. And this probably means minding your budget first. All right. And if you find yourself using more credit than you'd like, it's more than likely due to not sticking to your spending plan. Next, try to up your credit limit. And this can be done by looking for a new card. If you are looking for credit, shop around for the best offer. Just don't go with what is sent in the mail to you. Overall, if feasible, use credit sparingly budget your credit usage, and keep your credit utilization low. Yeah, love it. And eventually, you will see the benefits of focusing on the process by being able to build and maintain a great credit score. Okay, is that it? I think so. And uh, if you've missed any part of this episode, remember that all of our episodes are posted at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. You can listen to them anytime. Before we go, I want to extend a special thanks to creative consultants Sam Stevens and Jessica Parks, as well as special guest Jeff Robert, our audio engineer Garrett Burke, our executive producer Chris Shoup, and the College of Family and Consumer Sciences, which was recently ranked number two among public schools with a consumer economics major. All right, who's number one? The Ohio State Buckeyes. Wow. And if you need help understanding your credit and debt options... Come visit us at the Aspire Clinic. Yeah. The Aspire Clinic is located across from Stegman Coliseum at UGA. To learn more, you can visit the website at aspireclinic.org. Thanks for listening, y'all. You've been listening to Nothing Funny About Money. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. This program is made possible by the College of Family and Consumer Sciences at the University of Georgia in cooperation with WUGA. For more information about our program, visit us online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. Or need help? Get it! Visit us on campus at the Aspire Clinic. Thanks for listening.